The views on a breath of fresh air podcast reflects the parties involved, and we encourage you all to use it as a conversational tool that will lead to personal studies of your own. Welcome to a Breath of Fresh Air podcast. Here with your hosts, Earl Roberts and Nakaz Gay. As a young person, Christianity can be so foggy, like smoke in the mirrors and so unclear. But we're here to bring you a Breath of Fresh Air. The rumors are true. The spies I sent out noticed that Saul is in the wilderness pursuing us and he's brought 3,000 men this time let's go to his camps to get a closer look don't you guys think it's a little quiet out here you hear that they're all sleeping Which one of y'all want to come with me to get a closer look? I'll go with you. Thanks, Abishai. Let's go. Saul is fast asleep. And all of his men. This is crazy. David, today God has delivered your enemy into your hands. Now let me pin him to the ground with one thrust of my spear. I won't need to strike him twice. Do not touch that man, Abishai. For who can touch the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? As the Lord lives, the Lord will kill Saul. Not me, not you, not any of us. The day when the Lord takes his life will come. One day. He might even die in battle. But the Lord forbid that I should stretch forth my hand and touch the Lord's anointed. So please, let's take his spell, let's take his water canteen, and let's get out of here. At this point in the story, we know that Saul has an unhealthy obsession with David. Although he says that he wants David to live, his actions have proved that he wants David dead. We now find ourselves in a familiar situation with David having the upper hand on Saul. In this week's episode, we will be focusing on 1 Samuel chapter 26. As always, be blessed and enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of A Breath of Fresh Air podcast. I am Earl. My name is Nikaz. And together we're from A Breath of Fresh Air. That was oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, but hopefully everyone had a great week out there. Hopefully everyone spent some time with God this week. That's definitely important. I mean, I would say every day, which is which is which should be the goal. I know some people are new in this journey, and so at least if you spend some time with God, you know, and just grow, 
Bro, I feel like sometimes less more experience. Well, I shouldn't say sometimes less. And my experience is I feel like people who are further along in the faith forget what it is to be a, someone new in the faith, a new journey, and they just expect everyone to be on their level already. Like, you got to give the Holy Spirit room to work, I feel like. Some yeah. kind of force feed people like the Bible and what you should and shouldn't do when you say you were a Christian, you should be doing this, this, and this, and this, and one, let the Holy Spirit work on people and don't try to make it so ritualistic, if I might use such a word. Yeah, so, legalistic. Legalistic, yeah, that's the better word. Mm. So I'm like, let people grow in the faith, man. Let people grow in the faith. Like, someone just found Jesus, right? Like, forgive me, anyone who does these things, but like, you was just in the club last night, you know what I'm saying? You just was drinking and smoking and you know, you doing all these other things, doing everything. You just found Jesus, you accept him as your blood and personal savior. It's gonna take some time to actually get to know him. You know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. take some time to actually see things that you should and should not be doing. And these things come with the Holy Spirit, and then you go on your personal journey, your personal walk, and you start to realize, like, oh, I shouldn't be doing this. Like, man, this is guy I went to school with a walla walla. It was funny, he was the guy that got me to speak at Walla Walla in the university chapel or whatever, right? I would say we're cool, I, we ain't really friends or nothing, right? But we cool, right? But his journey always like made me like just ponder because he was doing stuff, man, like, you know, in the world, deep in the world, right? And he had a found in Christ. And he was, he was talking about his story like every day, but every Sabbath, he would come to church and he would smoke in the parking lot before he went to church just to ease his nerves. Because he know, like, you know, when you kind of feel like you don't belong in a certain place, you just kind of pop, but that's just, that's just called a spade of spade. That's just, that's just how some of our churches are. You know what I'm saying? They kind of shun you when you're different and you're trying to find your way. And he would say, to kill his nerves, he would smoke in the parking lot. And he would have elders sometimes say something and he was like, man, like, I'm just trying. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe I shouldn't be doing this right. But he said, like, a little old lady just would encourage him every week, like, just come in church. Like, whenever you're ready, just come in church. You know, take your time, come in church. And he said, like, that meant so much more than the people were telling him not to do it. He said, mm -hmm. someone was letting him do it. He said, after a while, he just stopped, and he gave up smoking completely. But if he said the woman didn't talk to him and encourage him every week, he probably would have left the church. Mm -hmm. And to me, that, like, stood out to me even more because it's amazing. Like, and people don't know how much time you think you're letting the spirit use you because you're you're right but uh something kazi always says you might be right but you're not you may not be righteous mm. you know what i'm saying like in saying yeah you, you shouldn't probably shouldn't be smoking outside the church right but you're missing the point of where this guy came from and the man that he showed up to church weekend after weekend after weekend means he's still making a point you know what i'm mm -hmm. saying at least come on this walk. You know what I'm saying? Like, to me, that's way more valuable than what he's doing right now. Still nurture him. Encourage him in his walk. Encourage the... People always say the young people don't want to come to church right now. And But what is worth? But what is worth? Some people just run the young people out of church. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. But I'm like, sometimes you got to look inward and be like, what have I done to probably drive them away? Mm. And something like a lot of young people out here, like, we've... Me and God, you see, like they, they they want to experience God, they want to get to know God closer, but sometimes it's like the environment just ain't right or conducive. And so, like that, I don't even know why that came up 
in my thought just now, but but it's an important it's an important convo, bro, because like <clears throat> the conversation of like being legal legalistic, like it's certain things that when I when I fully dedicated my life to Christ, like as an adult, it's certain things that I, I wish not to do, bro. But I spent such a long time doing it. You understand what I'm saying? Lusting, thinking about people in a certain way, judging people if they don't dress nicely. Like certain certain mindsets I really cemented in my brain. You feel me? And so now I have to unlearn that. You know, I have to deny self, like my fleshy desires to do certain things. You know what I'm saying? And so to your point, bro, people who are further along in the faith, we have to meet people with grace because you you forget what like what it's like to be so new to something you know this my friend like 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 let's say let's say let's say i ju- used to judge people a lot or, or roast people or clown people from like a prideful way if this is my first time in life ever trying not to do that like i i would imagine that it comes with a level of difficulty and it comes with a level of discipline and you need the holy spirit to to, to help you to overcome these things but with me and I, I I jump at the opportunity to call myself out, bro. <laughs> I have found myself being legalistic. I assume that you should know better. And I'm not assuming you know better. I'm talking about, Earl, you and I would have been to the same school, would have had the same level of research. You and I have studied together, right? And so mm-hmm. if you and I, if I see something that you believe is, is um, supported by the Bible, but it's, but it's not, like if you and I disagree on like, Idol, like idols and statues and stuff like that. Sometimes like it burns in me. Like if I see you having a statue, but like it'll burn in me to, to not say, bro, dog, this literally is bro. This is not thus say it the Lord. You know what I'm saying? But then I come off like a Pharisee, you see? And then, but I can end up doing more harm than good to somebody who is sincerely struggling. But just to be fair to myself, bro, it's like sometimes to Nakaz, it's really hard to allow, bro, it's really hard to see somebody who knows to, to keep the Sabbath holy breaking the Sabbath and trying to justify breaking the Sabbath and telling me how you should not keep the Sabbath. It's hard for me. It's hard for me to eat that and give you some type of love and, and grace. But at the end of the day, we we need to have Jesus as our example. Jesus mm-hmm. walked the streets every day as a perfect man, bro. If Jesus was legalistic like us, he would never get anything done. Because he have to deal with 12 sinners who follow in him. Everybody that walk past who need to be healed, they are sinners, you understand? Like, we sin in our mind. They might, the woman who was, who was caught in the act of adultery, Jesus exonerated her of her charges and told her to go and sin no more. But he ain't turn around and say, but you know you shouldn't have been doing that though, bro. Like, like he ain't talk, talk to her like he was her, like, like he was his, her father or like he was her master or anything like that. You understand? But he instructed, bro. Go and sin no more. You understand? In a gentle, loving way. You feel me? And I feel like as church members, especially us, because we're going to be old one day. You understand? And by the grace of God, I pray that us in our generation, we don't go to forget what it was like to be young and learning. But at the end of the day, we have to meet people with grace because at the end of the day, we do not want to do more harm than good. You feel me? We don't want to be the Trojan horse. We don't want to be dressed like God, but acting like the enemy. You know? And so... Yeah, bro. So I feel like that's a really important lesson for all of us, you know. E and indeed. So yeah, man. Just like Kazi say, meet people with grace. Don't expect everyone to be at the same point in their spiritual journey where you're at. And when in doubt, just 
pray and trust God. Like one thing, like I mean, this I know it's one of Kazi's one of his favorite verse. I shouldn't speak for him, but anyway, <laughs> where, where was it in Corinthians where he's talking about like you know if you don't have love? And I oh yeah, it's like a symbol, right? But I'm like, and I think that's just so important because like when you when, when we when you enter into these conversations, right? Love should be at the center of it. You know what I'm saying? Because it's you don't want to come off as condescending to someone either. Like, oh, you know, you shouldn't be doing this in front of the church. Yada 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 yada. Like, that's just mm. that's the surefire way to drive people away. Right. But and I just like how we describe the woman too. Like, she was nurturing and encouraging. Yeah, you shouldn't be doing this, but I understand where you are in your journey, and I'm gonna encourage you to keep on coming. Because guess what? If I keep on encouraging you to keep on coming. I know for a fact the Holy Spirit will reveal that you probably shouldn't be doing this and he'll take care of it. You know what I'm saying? That's mm-hmm. not going to address it. But how am I addressing it? You know what I'm saying? Just coming to someone and just roll them out. What are they coming back here for? Right. And now, I mean, because it's two things, right? And we don't want to hop up this and get to the episode in a bit, right? But by the grace of God, hopefully I make it to heaven, right? But one thing I don't want God to be like, Yo, Earl, because of you, you cost X amount of people lose on their salvation because how you talk to them. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's like a, that's a serious charge too. Like, because of you, people lost out on even having the opportunity to know me. Mm. And I, I, I just feel like that's a personal thing that I just don't want to happen. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, you can correct people, but do it with love and grace because that conquers all. And let's give the Holy Spirit time to work and encourage people on their journey, man. Like, not everyone where you at. And to Kasi's point, remember when you were at this point learning up. Mm-hmm. I didn't start off perfect. Yeah, I ain't perfect now, so. <laughs> exactly. There's certain things, bro, I, I kid you not. If someone who was just like me was around me, there's certain things they would rebuke me for. You see what I'm saying? Like, and so you just got to remember that, bro. Like, Once we all working, you know, to let the Holy Spirit move through us, you know, we got we to gotta be easy on, on each other, you know, be gentle with each other sometimes. Exactly. So this week we are in 1 Samuel, Shemuel, 26, 26. So last week we went through the story of David and Nabal and his wife and how wise she was to view the situation. And so we're picking up after that, but it seems like we're revisiting an old theme from previously that we, that we were in First Samuel because we are introduced to the Ziphites again. Mm-hmm. Remember the Ziphites were the same one that tipped off uh, King Saul in First Samuel 23 to David's location. So we see the Ziphites are back up to the same old trick. So reading verse one. Now the Ziphites came to Saul and Gibeah saying, is David not hiding in the hill of Hakaliah opposite Jeshimon? Then Saul arose and went down to the wilderness in Ziph, having 3,000 chosen men of Israel with him to seek David in the wilderness of Ziph. Saul encamped in a hill in Hakaliah, which is opposite Jeshimon by the road. But David stayed in the wilderness, and he saw that Saul came after him into the wilderness. David therefore sent out spies and understood that Saul had come indeed. So what's your thoughts on this so far? The Ziphites are snitches. You need to call them the snitchites. 
<laughs> but I think this is one of those things where um, in chapter 23, they had promised Saul to give David, um, give David over to him. Mm-hmm. They were trying to kiss up, in my opinion, and they didn't deliver. And so they feel indebted to Saul. And so I feel like they probably pursued um, to find out where David is so that they could, you know, make up for it. So that's why they coming back to Saul and say, no, 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 David actually right here. You know what I mean? But didn't Saul make promise like, I'm going to just leave David alone? He certainly did. He certainly did, because if my memory strikes me correctly, while David, shortly before David was trying to kill Nabal and his entire <laughs> clan, you know what I mean? Him and Saul made it, made an oath. Well, Saul made an oath to him. This is the second one, by the way, second oath mm-hmm. that he made to squash the beef between him and David. Because David had been more righteous than him, you know, David spared his life and Saul was like, bro, I ain't going to kill you no more, bro. We done. But now all of a sudden it's like, <laughs> we just hear about the Ziphites coming and reigniting this flame, you know, and Saul just can't refuse, you know, <laughs> he sought out to kill David once and I got to complete the mission. I got to see it through. Got to see it through. It's, <laughs> it's insane, man. Cause again, like the Bible stops saying it, but you can see how Saul was still overwhelmed with jealous, jealousy, pride, and I guess how the Bible said it previously, those evil spirits always came and tormented. Because mm-hmm. we see like Saul keeps on like he's good for a period, but that's all of a sudden it's like bloodthirsty again. No, I gotta go get David again. Like, oh, we're cool. Okay, everything's smooth up. Oh, shoot, I gotta go get David again. Mm-hmm. But yeah, to your point, the Ziphites are just out of line. Like, why all coming back and rehashing this when Saul already done with it, quote unquote. So I'm supposed to be like, well, thanks to you, Ziphites. You guys are diligent, but you're a little too late. You know, I pieced it up with David and, and we good now. You know, thanks for your service, though. Oh, like another thing I want to point out, too. We seen Saul brought like 3,000 men. Yep. I mean, the last time we got an account of David's men was about like 600. Yep. Just think about the, this is like a what? Like, what, six to one advantage and Saul? Yeah, that ain't... Something, that something ain't, like that. I ain't do the math properly, but... Yeah, probably like five maybe, but... Yeah. Yeah, but but yeah, I don't... But see, Saul right now, bro, I think Saul actually considers that he should have the element of surprise for sure now because... David's guard should be down now. Mind you, David never come back to his city, you know. David, <laughs> David's still in exile because <laughs> as far as David concerned, bro, as long as this man alive, he done break out. Before, I ain't trusting it. You see what I'm saying? So this actually, so remember, he tried to kill David. He's playing the harp. He, he's, he, he played it off like he was good, right? But he secretly sent David on missions to kill him. Jonathan say, why are you trying to kill my boy? And he's like, yeah, you're right. You know, I swear before God that I ain't going to kill David. Then he tries to kill David again. You understand what I'm saying? David goes and hides. He kills all of the, the, um, the priests that has helped David. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Then David spares his life. And so now he's like, bro, we done now. I, I, I ain't got no smoke with you, bro. I don't got no beef, bro. I just, we good now, bro. But now all of a sudden, the Ziphites come and tell you where David is and you just ready and you, and remember, bro, remember 
I can't remember if it was the Ziphites he was talking to, but he was he was describing David and he's like, bro, you got to be careful because he's a cunning man. Like he's wily. Oh, I can't remember how they, they say he's a clever. He's clever. You see, they say Saul describing as clever. Like, bro, you got yeah. you to be careful with him, bro. You see Saul right now, he's actually preparing himself for a battle because like, he's like, bro, this man clever. This man sneak up on me already. I wait this time. Uh-uh, we ain't playing around, bro. You see what they saying, like, but it's still showing how David of the element of surprise on this, on this side because we see like David already knew Saul was in this vicinity, like Saul knew David over here somewhere. But the minute Saul got close to David, David already like Saul's here. Mm-hmm. He's over there. Let me send some spies to go check to make sure the spies come back. Yeah, Saul. Like, oh, all right, cool. So I know for a fact Saul here now. Saul still don't know where David is, but David already knows Saul's exact location. Mm-hmm. Like, Saul's still underestimating David. Yeah, he don't get it, bro. So we see in verse 5, So David arose and came to the place where Saul had encamped. And David saw the place where Saul lay. And Abner, the son of Ner, the commander of his army, now Saul lay within the camp, with the people encamped all around him. Then David answered and said to Ahimelech, the Hittite, and Abishai, the son of Zeruiah. Zeruiah? Zeruiah? I yeah, go with that Zeruiah. (laughs) Brother of Joab, saying, who will go down with me to Saul in the camp? And Abishai said, I'll go down with you. (laughs) So David and Abishai came to the people by night. And there was Saul lay sleeping within the camp, and his spear stuck in the ground by his head. And Abner and the people lay all around him. So think about this now. David's in the midst of the camp, bro. David and Abishai in the midst of the camp. Everyone's sleeping. They're just walking through the sleeping bodies like no one, like nothing's happening. Now they like right by Saul in the and Saul's bodyguard, his number one bodyguard, the leader of the army, right there by Saul. Fast asleep. And think about like, and just imagine David now, like, man, I'm seeing the same very spell that you have lunged at me multiple times. Mm. Right here by your head. I'm looking at you, knocked out, not even knowing I hear. To me, David is a very bold man. Because I would have not been okay going into that camp, bro. God would have to tell me, bro, go on there. Because the minute one of them wake up, bro, you know how fast you got to be, bro. You see what I said? The minute one of them wake up, bro, you are toast. You know what I mean? And he going on a, on a him and him and one other person. This was like a, a two-man mission. And David all up in their camp. He deep in their camp because the men surrounded Saul, right? Mm-hmm. And so you had to pass. You had to break through the, the barrier. You see what I'm saying? So you in the nucleus of the camp right now, bro. You mm-hmm. feel me? And I feel like this is one of them things where it's like, it's undeniable that God, God has put you in this predicament. For sure, for sure, you know? Because, bro, these guys, so the Ziphites have to drop on David, right? David, David say, man, David find out that Saul coming for him. Obviously, they can't hide. This is the king and all his men. You see what I'm saying? But the king looking for David. Y'all know how David looked, but y'all don't know how David men looked. So David can send his men out and they don't even know. You feel me? David already a step ahead. 
But now David is brazen as to walk up on their camp. You see what I'm saying? And check it out and really scope it out with his own eyes, bro. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it only could be God, bro. But I, I look at David as a brave, as a very brave man. Yeah, that think, takes a lot of courage. I don't think the cars was doing that, bro. That takes a lot of courage. That takes a lot, a lot of courage. Hmm. And then, um, which verse was I in? Uh, and then, and then Abishai said, so I just read verse 7 again. So then Abishai came to the people by night, and there was Saul lay sleeping within the camp, with his staff stuck in the ground by his head. And Abnon, the people lay all around him. Verse 8. Then Abishai said to David, God has delivered your enemy into your hand this day. Now, therefore, please let me strike him at once with despair. And I will not have a sh- and I will not have to strike him a second time. One in a quitter. Wait, you, you know why I think that's so important what Abishai said? What? What David tell them last time? Oh, uh, he said he ain't touching the Lord's anointed, right? Bing. Mm. We got to dirty your hands this time. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't got to dirty your hands. Like, what's your excuse now? Yeah. You say, let me do it. Mm-hmm. And I'll do it once clean. Clean. We ain't got to worry about this. Your hands clean. You could say I go on roll. It just could be me and your secret. Mm. Let me kill him. Mm. They kill God's anointed. Mm. Not, not on my watch. <laughs> I wish I said the moment is too good. God, think about it. He's saying, God, then bring me here, you here. I used to write one who say, Come, because I know I'm ready for the smoke. Mm-hmm. Hands clean. We didn't get this far. Why we here? We ain't doing this. And Abishai, um, he he volunteered to come. It ain't like David pick him. You see what I said? He mm-hmm. was like, David was trying to wonder who coming. He's like, Yeah, I'll come. Because he with it, bro. And he, and he ready for this mission, bro. Like, in his mind, he already content to kill, to kill Saul, bro. Like he, in his mind, he probably saying, bro, if I have the opportunity, I will kill this man, bro. You see what I'm saying? And now the opportunity right there in front of him. This boy, this, I ain't gonna say this better than the first time. The first time is the best opportunity because the man was completely helpless. You see what I'm saying? The first time he was, he was using the bathroom, the latre for for those who didn't um um had um the episode when this. Well, check it out, though. <laughs> It's like two episodes ago, maybe three. Yeah, two episodes. Two, yeah. And so now we see it's very reminiscent. So in in a nutshell, the Lord has truly given Saul into David's hands once again. You see what I'm saying? But um, David and what his name is, Abishai, they obviously obviously are on two different pages. (laughs) Obviously. Mm -hmm. But in verse nine, but David said to Abishai, do not destroy him. For who can stretch out his hand against the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? Hmm. I'm going to bring that line back up. Maybe not this episode, but in the next episode too, because I going to be something else. Yeah. If it said, furthermore, as the Lord lives, the Lord shall strike him. On his, or his day shall come to die, or he shall go out to battle and perish. David saying, I don't know how God could do it. Hmm. He got options. Right. But <laughs> it got so, I mean, verse 11, the Lord forbid that I should stretch out my hand against the Lord's anointed. But please, 
Now take the spell and the jug of water that are by his head and let's go. <laughs> That's so much restraint on David's part. Mm-hmm. That is just unfathomable. Yeah, because David convicted, bro, because mm-hmm. seeing how David treated Nabal last episode, I personally believe that David considered many times to just kill Saul and then his problem's going to go away. But with the first opportunity he had, he tested waters by taking a piece of soil garment and God convict him. You understand? Mm-hmm. So David standing firm on his convictions right now, bro. But Abiyasha obviously don't have them same convictions. You know, maybe if Abiyasha had started to do it, he might have got convicted. I don't know. But the whole speech David do the first time and he rebuke everyone and say, bro, we ain't touching the Lord's anointing. It ain't really move Abiyasha because he feel like, bro, the answer to our problem is to get rid of Saul. And in, in some ways, that he that is true. If you guys get rid of Saul, you will become king, David. You, we all know you next in line. We all know Jonathan wants you to be king, and he wants to be your second in command. You feel me? We know that you can't lay up under your first wife because First you want to run. You understand what I say? Now you got two more now. You see what I saying? So... You probably ain't really worried about her too much. Maybe we, we can get into that a little later. Another happens to it. But my thing is, bro, the only thing standing between you and freedom, you and your parents and freedom, because they probably still among the Moabites, mm-hmm. is Saul. Abi Athar is saying, bro, this is a necessary evil. You feel me? For the greater good. You know? And this this one of those, this one of those things, bro, because it's like. When humans define right and wrong, bro, we know better than Adam and Eve. You see what I'm saying? Who wanted the option to define good and evil? You see what I'm saying? <clears throat> but at the end of the day, we don't have the capacity to define good and evil. We don't have the capability, but we're so influenced by the world, which is full with good and evil. And evil is, it's like, evil is forceful. You see what I'm saying? Good is like passive and it's like your choice, but evil pushes on you. You see what I'm saying? You could be minding your own business. Somebody could do something bad to you. Somebody could try to influence you with evil. You, you see it on the TV shows. We see it on the internet. Everything around us, bro. You know what I mean? But it's like, it goes to show that there is no good outside of God. Because to Abi, I thought, bro, the good thing to do would be for your freedom to be exonerated. You have to kill this man. But the godly thing to do would be to respect his anointed. You see what I'm saying? The point we was making earlier, it's better to be righteous than to be right. You see what I'm saying? Abiyasa, you are right, bro. This man's life is causing you all turmoil. You see what I'm saying? But it is unrighteous to kill God's anointed. You feel me? And I feel like as human beings, that's the moral dilemma we are. We face with on the day-to-day basis, bro. When someone robs because they don't have money, bro, because they, they're hungry, is it <laughs> right or wrong? You understand what I'm saying? I'm sure most human beings would say, bro, that ain't wrong. When someone lie to save someone's life, you see what I'm saying? Is that right or wrong? You understand what I'm saying? Like these type of situations, bro, it get it get it get tricky. But we need to be happy that we ain't God. You feel me? We don't have to decide what is right and wrong. That's God's choice. You see what I'm saying? And we have to rely on to say it the Lord. You know. Mm-hmm. No. So in verse twelve, so David took the span, the jug of water by Saul's head, and they got away. And no man saw it or knew it or awoke, for they were all asleep because a deep sleep from the Lord had fallen upon them. Mercy. Mm. See, God had his hand in this already, like mm. they were sleeping, but they was in a 
supernatural sleep. Deep sleep. <clears throat> y'all could have do anything, but y'all could have do anything and y'all would have been a okay safe. You see what I said? Like hmm? y'all could have robbed step everyone on a, ever. Step on a step on a branch and like but then think about it though. Him and Abby also having a big conversation. Bro, I'd kill him. I'd kill him clean. One hit. And then David have to rebuke him. No, he's the Lord's anointed. Who can, you see what he's saying? Like they doing all of this while being incognito in my mind. I'm like, oh, how bro? Is, is, is everyone a heavy sleeper? Were y'all drunk? Was everyone drunk? Like, you know what I mean? Like why no one waking up? You see me? So in verse 13, now David went over to the other side and stood on top of a hill afar off and a great distance in between them. And David called unto the people of Abner, son of Ner, saying, Do you not answer Abner? I think it was, was this still at night? Mm. Or oh, this was like the next morning? Or oh, who even said any of this was at night? For mm. true. We're just napping in the middle of the day? Yeah, I assume it's at night. I think, I think it's safe to believe that. I don't think they would go on this mission during the daytime, but we don't have no you know, evidence to support for real. Yeah, yeah, like at night makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Abner answered and said, Who are you calling out to the king? So David said to Abner, Are you not a man who is like you in Israel? Why then have you not guarded your lord, the king? Well, for one of the people came in to destroy your lord, the king. And I, but this just, to me, it's like David kind of clowning Abner. Yeah, he is. That's like trying to tell you, David is getting saucy when he's ready, bro. You feel me? Davis get disrespectful when he ready, bro. That, and that's the point I was be trying to make, bro. <laughs> this this young man, bro, he is a cunning man, bro. Like, for real, bro. Like, he's not, no, think about it, though. Think about it, bro. So, first of all, he's the wanted man, right? Mm-hmm. Abner should know who you is, but sometimes, like, just depending on how far you is, you might not be able to, you know, recognize who's talking. And so David calling out to them, and he's like, but Abner, who's the who's the, the 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 chief like warrior among them? You see what they're saying? Like he's probably the captain and the, and they cousins, I think. I think they blood relatives, but he's like the, the captain of, of Saul's army. Mm-hmm. And so Abner's like, bro, who you even is, bro? And David is like, bro, but ain't you the big man on campus, bro? Ain't you the fastest, Mr. Tough Guy? You see what they're saying? You need that, bro. And he and he started calling him out. You see what I'm saying? So I'm like, bro, David is talking spicy, bro. David is talking spicy, in my opinion. You feel me? David is a pacifist, but then David is <laughs> he like confrontation too, I'd say. What do you mean, David? Tell him coldly, bro. I mean, okay, hold. Let me just get there. Yeah. People came in to destroy the logic king. This thing you have done is not good. Mm. As the Lord lives, you deserve to die. Because you have not guarded your master, the Lord's anointed. And see where the king stands and the jug of water that was by his head? Hmm. I'm just saying, bro, you worthless, bro. Hmm. And so I think David more so trying to paint a picture too because he like, you made me captain of a, of a, of a guard. You feel me? We were successful. Everybody liked to work around me. You see what I'm saying? And Abner is successful. I'm sure people probably love to work around him. Whatever, right? But David is basically saying, we have two, two people, me and Abner, me being David and, and then Abner. I am the quote unquote enemy, but I am protecting you. Whereas the one who is not the enemy, who should be protecting you, is fast asleep 
and left you with no protection at all. So mm-hmm. who, sh- who should die out of me and you? You trying to kill me, but this one, he, his, his crime is punishable by death because he ain't protect the king. You was, you was as good as any other, any other nobody in the in the wilderness or wherever you always camp out last night because I surely could have killed you. And you know I could have killed you because I come and rob you and no one saw me, bro. You feel me? So that's a compelling argument. Because I got fail. I said, and then he can't even say David making it up because I got fail and I got the water that was by your head. I know you wake up thirsty. I know you was looking for your water. And then when it was time to move on, I know you was looking for your spell. You feel me? So Saul knew David's voice. And then Saul said, is that your voice, my son, David? Now, this way, David said, got humility. Because I would say, buddy, son, watch your son. Refer to me that way. I don't care. You don't, you don't, give, your, you don't give your daughter away. You trying to kill me? Mm. Oh, don't call me son. Right. And last time I was just son of Jesse. But now, and now you considering me a son? No, bro. No, no, bro. You a fraud. I can't trust you. You know what I mean? And we see David still so humble, man. David said, it is my voice, my Lord, O King. Hmm. So humble still. Because David wants his freedom. Like, David don't want no problems, bro. Like, David is being the bigger man every step of the way. You see what I'm saying? Like, I'm not trying. I'm trying to diffuse the situation, bro. I am not trying to escalate this. I only want smoke with Abner at this point, bro. Like, not you. There's, I have no problem with you. You see what I say? Like, and he making that abundantly clear time and time again. It's Saul, Saul of a one-sided beef with David right now. Bro, that's just, not to me, that's just like spiritual blindness, bro. That's why sometimes I'm telling people too, like, there's almost nothing you can do to some people sometimes because like you literally only could ask the Holy Spirit to work on them. Because mm-hmm. we see, but Saul has no rational reason at this point to come after David. Time and time again, he's pursuing David. Time and time again, he's seeing like, yo, David's sparing my life, but it don't matter. You know what I'm saying? Then evil spirits come and plague Saul, and he ready to kill David again. Like, Saul literally trapped like a spiritual blindness that he can't break. Nope. Oh, my. Saul won't play Tom and Jerry with David, bro. <laughs> <laughs> they play cat and mouse all day. <laughs> oh my, we see David again asking, why does the Lord thus pursue his servant? That's my Lord. Yeah, my Lord thus pursue his servant. But what have I done? Or what evil is in my heart? Now therefore, let my Lord, the king, hear the words of his servant. If the Lord has stirred up you against me, let him escape, let him accept an offering. But if it is the children of men, may they be cursed before the Lord, for they have driven me out this day from sharing in the inheritance of the Lord, saying, go serve other gods. So now, do not let the blood, do not let my blood fall to the earth before the face of the Lord. For the king of Israel has come out to seek a flea as when one hunts a partridge in the mountains. And you notice why it's so important, right? Well, that imagery right there, just the partridge in the mountains. Because how they actually hunted partridges back in the day, they would essentially like tie them out. They would like chase them uphill, uphill, uphill. 
until they can't tell it off the strength to fight no more. So they can just literally hit them with a club and just kill them. Oh, man. So David essentially say, like, you chasing me like this. Because you're pretty much trying to tie me so you can catch me. But, like, you know, like, he ain't saying it ain't going to work. But, like, why are you so relentless in, in, in your pursuit of me? All right. Because you have to constantly be chasing this partridge in order, like, to, you know, catch them. Yeah, bro. Go for it. And it's so funny because you could tell every day in a run. You see what I'm saying? So, like, David, damn, they just was celebrating the festival. Not, it ain't really an official festival, but Nabal, wife, come and bring them a bunch of food. And they, they feast that night. You see, they say mm-hmm. they have a good time. So every day ain't an ain't a on-the-run day, bro. Like Some days they stationary. Some days they finding stuff to do. And obviously, they remember they was in the field with Nabal's shepherds that whole time. You see what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. they have some, some form of stability, but they know in any given second, they got to be ready, ready to flee and exile. It's like, bro, or like, just get tired of that, bro. Like, I trying to show you, dog, like, I have pure intentions for you, bro. Like, and I keep telling you this. I keep telling this, but every now and then, you was turn around and hunt me, bro. But it ain't an everyday thing, you know. It ain't an everyday thing. It's like when I don't expect it, you know what I mean? Like, I, like, and I'm sure they expect it to happen eventually. But it's like you turn around and just on your impulses, you want to, you want to hunt me, bro. It's not that I've done you anything. It's no new developments to the story. But you today, you feel like it, and so that's what you into. But David trying to show him, like, bro, if if God tell you to hunt me, I will do anything, bro. Let me let me offer, let me set an offering unto God. But if it's men, if men in your ears telling you to, to run me away from God's inheritance so I can don't even be a Christian or don't even worship the most high God and just because he already among the Philistines and all type of stuff. Like y'all trying to y'all trying to get me to convert to. <laughs> To Canaanitism, you see what I'm saying right now? Like you trying to get me to convert to other, to other stuff right now. Y'all running me away from my people. I can't go to the temple. I can't do nothing. You see what I'm saying? Like I can't do nothing exactly. religious. You know. Exactly. I think about it too. Like sure, like David really shows on his heart that like, man, like I actually want to go do these things with my people. I actually want to go to the, <laughs> the temple sacrifice. You want me out here in the wilderness all these years, running to the Philistines, going to the Moabites. Surrounded by all these idol worshippers, bro. Like, it, it shoot. They look like they have it pretty good. And we see David, how Psalms talk about these kind of things too, like, which we, we should have probably looked up right this time, right? But still, like, yo, know, like, I look around at my enemies and they have it pretty good. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I hear on the run and you pursue me as the king who's supposed to be on my side, but this just don't seem like this life like working out for me. But true God, I know I shouldn't be doing that. So I ain't going fall to that but this really what it coming to Saul like you almost cost him not even going to be an Israelite no more mm-hmm. yeah bro so the, and, and so and that's what your people in your air they keep he basically saying bro ain't nobody in your air giving you reason bro people in your air telling you keep pursuing me keep pursuing me bro but I have been nothing but good to you but at this point in time like it's like David it's too much evidence to support that David don't deserve to be hunted like Abigail, who don't even know David, could come and assess that and say, bro, mm-hmm. you was you was blameless, you know, but you still being hunted down, but you could be king eventually. You know, Saul just, he just, <laughs> Saul is relentless though, bro. Like he just do not want to give up, bro. Samuel done dead. You see, I say like this beef, this beef lasts, lasting so long, but the mom, David at this point, he probably done been in, in, in the cave for years now, bro. 
You understand what I'm saying? And you still trying to kill me for no reason. Mm-hmm. So now we see, then Saul said, I have sinned. <laughs> my son, David. Oh my. Harm you no more. Because my life was precious in your eyes this day. Indeed, I have played the fool and erred exceedingly. Mm. I think I was coming back. No. No, and, sir. And you don't say that already, bro. You tell me I've been more righteous than you. Well, I can't remember what his exact words was, but... For Samuel 24, 17, you are more righteous than I. So basically, yeah, so, 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 so Saul basically already said it before, bro. You are more righteous than I. For you have rewarded me with good, whereas I have rewarded you with evil. You see what I'm saying? So at this point in time, bro, it's like, bro, even if you wanted, even if you wanted to trust Saul, Saul already fought, he, he already was faulty too many times, bro. Like he, he had already went back on his word, broke his oaths unto God too many times. So I don't even know what David could do with, with this information right now, you know? Yeah. I'd be like, uh, heard this before, but here we are again, Saul, right? These same Ziphites. Here we are again. And David answered and said in verse 22, here is the king's spear. Let one of the young men come over and get it. May the Lord repay every man for his righteousness and his faithfulness. For the Lord delivered you into my hand today. Hmm. But I would not stretch out my hand against the Lord's anointed. And indeed, as your life was valued much this day in my eyes, so let my life be valued much in the eyes of the Lord. And let him deliver me out of all tribulation. Then Saul said to David, may you be blessed, my son David. You shall both do great things and still also prevail. So David went his way and Saul returned to his place. And fun fact, if I'm not mistaken, this is the last time they ever saw each other. Yep. Yeah, I don't recall. I don't recall them having any run-ins. It's not documented in the Bible. So, yeah, that's that's how that's how their beef. It ain't how they how they beef ended, but that's just how the last. Well, it might be how they beef ended because we don't know if if so. I'll even pursue him again after that. You know. Well, I mean, it's kind of documented. He did it when we go to the next chapter. They just mm-hmm. say, okay, he's over there. Let just let it go. I'll just let it go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bro. Bittersweet time. You know, you 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 know you anointed to be king, but you gotta go through all of this craziness. That's crazy. Sometimes things don't make sense, bro. Like, and you know, we could we could sit there and say, oh, David had faith this time, or he lacked faith this time. You know what I mean? But if you anointed to be king, but then your life on the line constantly, bro. Them type of things make you question if, if you misunderstand the assignment. Maybe I get anointed just to kill the light, go light. You know what I mean? Or I get anointed Mercy. to do something else. You see what I'm saying? Like sometimes it gets you to compromise in what you believe. Like, Cause why I choose this? Cause like there's such an easy thing, bro. God, tell the man, inspire him. Not come to him in a vision and tell him don't touch me. You see what I'm saying? Tell him to spare me or give me a pass. You feel me? Why I gotta be running up and down? Why I gotta be eating food? But I hunt. Why can't I be living the way I was living, bro? Like, you know, like why I gotta be in exile of the ration out stuff? I around a bunch of misfits. 
I ain't in the conundrum when I'm in. Why? Like, how do I make sense if I'm the anointed? You feel me? And it tru- truly, it this this one of them stories where it's like, if you really like break it down to kind of understand the way how God handles certain situations, it will help you to understand that just because you're anointed or destined for something, that don't mean it will be easy. You know, you know that don't mean that you're going to have a smooth ride. Mm-hmm. The same way how we look at Joseph. Joseph didn't have a smooth ride at all. Exactly. Exactly. Like it, it end up, it end off smooth. You see what I'm saying? But the but the journey, it wasn't smooth at all. And that's just like the common misconception that we see in today's age. They think like a lot of people preach that when you follow Jesus and accept him, and your life just gonna be hunky dory, you know, sunshine and rainbows all throughout. But that's not really promise. You know what I'm saying? Like, all right. <laughs> Some some people just want to say, oh, bro, you got all faith, bro. God can't do certain things with you until you have faith, right? And, bro, truthfully, this could have been a test of faith. This could have been a test of faith for David, you know, bro. But truthfully, bro, that don't stop hardship from happening, bro. Like, David, David's so important in the whole biblical arc. He's a very important figure, bro. Like, we have famous people in, in the Bible. Jonah famous. Samson famous. Joseph famous. David famous. Out of all of them, I feel like David is a, a like a really like like he's a really important figure in the book. Like Samson, in my opinion, not so much. You see what I'm saying? Like Samson really is one of them things where it's like it show how God could have worked through you, but you dropped the ball. You understand what I'm saying? So same mm-hmm. thing with Jonah. You feel me? Jo- Joseph he he, he fulfills his, his purpose and his mission, but David is important because. Prophets. All right. So Samuel was probably one of the first prophets that we actually really get into in the Bible, right? Like, like deeply into him. But he's he's not the last. So there will be prophet after prophet after prophet, and a lot of them get killed. A lot of them get hunted. It was a time when many prophets was getting hunted by the king. You feel me? And so. But we don't get a full story on each individual prophet. During that time, we kind of follow one prophet. You feel me? David, 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 David kind of jumpstart this time of trouble or this exile situation. So when we fast forward and we have John the Baptist, John the Baptist, Jesus described him as being the greatest prophet of all prophets born of a woman. So basically the greatest of all prophets. But you see how, how he went out. Think about that. He never even had no big following. His impact on the world ain't even that big for real. We know John the Baptist was the forerunner to Christ, but this was the greatest. Like Jesus called him like the greatest prophet. So why he didn't get to walk? And this was in my sermon. Why he didn't get to walk with God the way Enoch walked? You see, they're saying the way Elijah walked. Remember, they was calling him Elijah. They was thinking he was Elijah. You Mm -hmm. feel me? Because at the end of the day, bro, the world we living in so evil, bro, and there will be persecution. People, bro, all those who live godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. I think that's in, in Timothy or some of the team, maybe Thessalonians. But and even Matthew said, Blessed those who are persecuted. Right. For my sake. You see what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And so, so watch this, right? John the Baptist was the greatest of all prophets, right? He that's why he had one of the greatest assignments, bro. He got killed for preaching the gospel, bro. It just, we, God couldn't allow one of the weak prophets to do that. You see what I'm saying? Because you might have reneged. 
You might have denounced Christianity when the going get rough. You understand what I'm saying? And so it's like, we have evidence in the Bible. Most of the apostles get killed now. Paul get beat up. Paul, all type of stuff get stoned. You see what I'm saying? Paul going through it. <laughs> Paul, Paul, Paul get a lot. He went through a lot, right? And so it's like, these things happen for us to realize that we live in an evil world and this ain't our last stop. You see what I'm saying? The earth is not our heaven. You see what I'm saying? Some people preach that we should have heaven on earth. Some people say, oh, this person of heaven on earth. Why we have to die to get to heaven? That's of the devil, bro. That mindset is of the devil. We should love not our life even unto death, bro. You see what I'm saying? He that loves the world. We should not love the world. You see what I'm saying? Because the love of the father is not in us if we, if we love the world. The only thing the world can give us is lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, and the pride of life. But all of these things are not of God. You see what I'm saying? And so, and so I'm not here. And we going back to the legalistic conversation, but I'm saying we don't enjoy your life, but don't have a good life. But we have to remember that this is only a commercial break, bro. This is only a pit stop, bro. The main event is heaven. You see what I'm saying? And we can't get in between that. But with that being said, the people in the world or the powers of the world, the um, the principalities, the spiritual wickedness in dark in high places, like the devil, bro, his influence on the world, he wants to choke out the righteousness from the world. So when we have prophets and we have people who are profound, he works hard to try to shut them up and even try to kill them or persecute them, whether that being physically or or um or figuratively. David is an example of that. This is an example of the wicked versus the righteous. David had a time of trouble. There, we was talking about this off mic, bro. There's been people who have died for the name. Bro, during the Protestant Reformation, bro, there's yeah. been people who were killed by Christians, bro. Malpracticing Christians. Killing other Christians who want to follow the Bible. You understand what I'm saying? Like, you're seeing the enemy. This is the same thing with Saul. Saul was would be considered... In today's terms, a Christian, Saul followed the Most High God. You understand? He followed Jesus by way of the Most High God. By You see, they, they, they was expecting the Messiah eventually. We know that go. But your own people persecuting you because you're righteous. You feel me? Because of your righteousness, you know? And, you know, that's just one of those things that we need to have a deep look into it spiritually because the time of trouble, we talk about this again in the Bible. Let's talk about we should expect to see this during the time when, you know, like the time of the world where revelation is taking place. Like the book of revelation is taking place at a certain time in history, whether it's past or whether it's to come, there will also be a time of trouble, you know, because people will be persecuted. The, the, the dragon will wage war against the children of God, those who have the testimony of Christ and, you know, mm-hmm. right. Revelation 12, I think. But I say all I have to say, bro, time of trouble is not, it's not um, a foreign concept when you are a follower of God. This, is, this should be something that all of us take into serious consideration and that we prepare for. Because quite literally, we have an innocent man on the run, right? Someone wants to kill him now. By the grace of God, they didn't get to kill him. But think about all the prophets. And if the prophets don't do it for you, quite literally, Jesus, right? was walking on this earth being perfect and the people of the church the pharisees the legalists they sought for for reasons to kill him and they framed him and killed him however they didn't know 
that Jesus had came to die anyway. Once again, the hunter has become the hunted. Saul agrees for the third time to spare David's life, and he and David made a treaty. But to David, Saul has proven to be unreliable. So David still fares for his life. But instead of running, David chose to join forces with Saul's enemies, the Philistines. But we'll talk more about that on the next episode of A Breath of Fresh Air. Tonight's episode included voice acting by your hosts, Earl Roberts and the Cars Gay. Remember to go ahead and research on your own in order to get a more firm understanding of tonight's episode. And if you enjoyed it, make sure to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. You can follow us on social media at A Breath of Fresh Air Pod on Instagram and B-O-F-A-P-O-D on Twitter. Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you next week.